BG Mania, a video game music podcast for December 11th, 2019, is made possible by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of both BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday, and Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday. On with the show. Mania, a weekly video game music podcast brought to you by Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by the Black Swan himself. It's Frank. Hey guys. Why'd you want to be called the Black Swan? This is a special episode. It'll all make sense in a little bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't right. It does it to me right now. <laughs> For those just joining us, what we like to do here at BG Mania is challenge ourselves to never play the same track more than once, except for special occasion episodes, which will always be announced in advance. So you're guaranteed to hear something new, something fresh, and something exciting each and every week. If you're new to the world of video game music podcasts, you are in for a treat. But for all the veterans that may be stumbling upon our neck, the Lost Woods for the very first time. Frank and I definitely tell more personal stories about the games we play music from and about the tracks themselves, instead of constantly diving into music theory and breaking apart each track instruments at a time. As always, we hope you enjoy the episode we have lined up for your listening pleasure today. Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us and leave that five-star rating and a review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. Frank, this is going to be a fun episode to kind of dive into. Uh, something that I kind of thought up of on the whim, because as I mentioned at the last at the end of last week's episode of BG Mania, where we took a look at the music from Yasunori Mitsuda's career. If you missed that episode, go back and listen to it. It was incredible. But we know that the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Scarlet or whatever they end up calling it are coming holiday 2020, most likely both releasing in November of next year. And most likely within a week of each other, one will be on one Friday, one will be on the following Friday. <laughs> this is how it always goes. <laughs> so 2020 is technically the swan song year for the PS4 and the Xbox One. I decided it would be fun for us to kind of look at what we're dubbing the swan song years for all the previous consoles that share significant importance to both Frank and myself. It's actually going to be a slightly extended episode. We have 18 picks on the episode today instead of our normal 16. 
So how we defined Swan Song Year is that the games we picked music from today had to have come out within the last calendar year of that console being relevant before it was replaced by its follow-up. So when the NES or the SNES came out in 1991, our pick from the NES had to have come out in 1991. I know that there are legitimate swan songs that came out much later. Like, Frank, you tried to pick from Wario's I, Woods. I, well, I tried to pick Wario's Woods, uh, which was 90... 1994. Yeah, which was the legitimate swan song for the NES. The last game ever and released officially. L- little fun fact. Officially, I say, because Micromages did put it, come out on NES. <laughs> oh, that's true. The only official NES release that was rated by the ESRB. Right, yeah, super cool. But that didn't count because we're looking for a game that came out in 1991. We ordered this episode by year. So your first pick was Frank's pick from the NES. Yeah, and that was uh, Minister Pumpkin's Palace from Princess Tomato and the Salad Kingdom. Um, we've talked about you're this a, game you're before. A big, you're a big fan of this game, are you not? Uh, you know what? It's one of those games that I did not own as a kid, but the neighbor girl next door had it. And I would lend her a copy of one of my games and I would play this because what it essentially is, it's a text adventure game, which you, you had a know crush I on love. her, didn't you, Frank? You had a crush on her, didn't you? Uh, she was a little bit younger than me, so it was maybe a little bit. Um, <laughs> I had crushes on younger girls when I was like a little kid. Like if I was like seven and the girl was like five. I was, I was going to say, she's only like three years younger, so not, not, not much. Yeah, um, that's, not, that's not terrible. Like if, if, if now if she was like two and you were five, that's then to be like, what are you doing, Frank? That's a baby. <laughs> you had this game, and it was just—it was a weird-looking game. Like it, it's a—it's a pink cartridge, and has like VeggieTales-looking characters. At the time, VeggieTales wasn't even a thing. Just very, very weird. Just a very weird thing. But uh, it's a game I love. In fact, when I started collecting NES games, it's one of the first ones I had to go out and get and replay through. It's like I said, it, and this game actually came to the Wii Virtual Console, so hopefully some people out there had a chance to play it. Uh, but it's cool. It, it, it's a text adventure um, where, where the there's really no way to lose a game. Uh, all the battle is rock, paper, scissors style. Okay. Uh, so the only, the only way to end the, to lose the game is at Minister Pumpkin, the very last guy. If you lose your game of Finger Wars or Rock, Paper, Scissors, you lose. Game over. I remember you put this on our um, like hidden gems list. Yes. When we it, did it, a when we did a top is. ten on YouTube a while back. I recommend it. It's it's worth a playthrough if you like a text adventure game. Okay. Uh, Compose. I didn't actually say it was uh, Tomotsune Maeno. Unfortunately, I'm not familiar with that name. So there you go. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with that name either. Uh, and it came out. Did you say? I know it's sometime in 1991, but I don't know if we have it, a legitimate well, date the, on, the on this US one. The official US release was February 8th, 1991. Okay. Yeah, I knew it was 91, but I didn't know if we had an actual official date on that one. So very cool. Uh, a fun track, too. Definite Frank pick in a lot of the way that the instrumentation was used and a lot of just how like joyous that track really was. Uh, it was a really good pick. Great way to start the episode. I always do. <laughs> Which means, though, I and, and how we how we kind of determined who was going to pick from each console. Frank and I literally just did like a lottery draw. Uh, we started out with one of us picking a console and then another one to pick another console. And we just went back and forth until all 18 choices were picked. So I have the next two picks, and I'm very excited that I claimed the entirety of the 16-bit era. Because... I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I, even told, I even told Brian that I go, I, I tried to counterbalance them each pick. Yeah. But uh, th- there's no counterbalance to the NES. Uh, no. So from there, so from there I, I didn't even realize that I wasn't counterbalancing, and he grabbed them both. And what's funny is I actually took the Sega Genesis first, I believe. Yeah, you did. I think I, I think I did, so... 
which was kind of funny. But we're going to move to the Sega Genesis next. We're going to put a little bit of a gap between NES and SNES, because obviously NES is next. From the Sega Genesis, we're going to take a listen to a track from the game The Death and Return of Superman. The name of the track is Superman's Theme. That was Superman's theme from The Death and Return of Superman. Came out sometime in 95, just have a year. Don't have an actual release date. Uh, remember, some games don't actually have dates earlier on in the console generations because we just don't know. They just showed up in store shelves sometimes. Sometime in 1995 <laughs> on the Sega Genesis. Developed, well, let me first off, let me say published by Sunsoft. Developed by Blizzard Entertainment. Really? That was composed by Mike Morheim and Glenn Stafford. We've heard, heard a lot of Glenn Stafford before. Glenn Stafford is one of the most significant composers at Blizzard Entertainment. Worked heavily on World of Warcraft, that Warcraft was Three. The, was it the was it the first? He was the first Warcraft composer, right? Like, yeah, he's, well, he's the, the original the, the, the Warcraft composer. Okay. And then all they right. brought you know, That's then they brought the in like Russell Brower and all these other people. But Mike Morheim is so funny being credited as the composer, and he I did find it. He legitimately did compose tracks for this game. He was the CEO of Blizzard Entertainment. <laughs> what? That's, yeah. that's cool, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he recently retired. Uh, he stepped down. What was it? October 3rd, 2018. He, he announced that he was stepping down as company president and CEO. And then he was replaced by J. Allen Brack, the executive producer of World of Warcraft, as president and CEO. And J. Allen Brack's first BlizzCon was 2018 as the new company president and CEO. But it's just funny that Mike Morheim actually has some composing credits to his name. And I don't know if there's any others. It would be kind of funny to look and see if there was. But the fact that he is credited on this game is really cool. And this game is a beat-em-up game. One that I've never played. One that I'm really not even that familiar with. But I listened to the soundtrack, man. It's really good. Like, there's not a bad track on this entire soundtrack. And according to Wikipedia, it features a lot of, like... Fan favorite characters from Superman, including Superman himself, Superboy, Steel, Cyborg, Superman, the Eradicator, and Doomsday, all present in this beat 'em up game. Okay, all right, that now will make a little more sense because, like, really, who could beat up Superman other than the other superpowered? And it says okay. that all five Superman are playable characters at some point in this game. E even Steel? 
That's what it check. says. Awesome. That's what it says. I don't know. I've never played it. <laughs> Great track, though. Really like it. I, I, I tell him, Brian, if you would have like let me listen to that blind and said, Frank, guess what this is or guess what genre this is. Not even close. I would never, never even guessed Superman. I wouldn't have guessed beat him up. Maybe would have guessed beat him up. Maybe. Which is really cool. Which is really, really, really cool. But I do have the next pick, and we get to stick with the 16-bit era as we move on to the Super Nintendo. We're going to take a listen to a track from Donkey Kong Country 3. The name of this one is Baddies on Parade. was Baddies on Parade from Donkey Kong Country 3 Dixie Kong's Double Trouble came out for the Super Nintendo here in North America November 18th 1996 after the N64 had already released crazy but still swan song year N64 uh, came out in 96 David Wise or no actually Frank no David Wise was a composer on the soundtrack as we all know however there was another composer on that soundtrack Evelyn Fisher and she actually composed this track. I love that, dude. Surprised we didn't pick that. And I was looking at like the picks that we had made in all of the trilogy of Donkey Kong Country games. So we did an entire episode on Donkey Kong Country trilogy. Mm-hmm. We've picked from several of these games on themed episodes. Donkey Kong Country 3 is the game that we have neglected the most. We only have picked from it like six times. So I was like, you know, what? this has got to be it. It's just because we spread it out so much amongst the, amongst the games. For Absolutely. Picks. And, I, and I do think that you and I probably prefer the first and second over yeah. the third. I mean, my my favorite of the three is without question the second one. I mean, there's just no if, ands or buts about that. But Donkey Kong Country 3 was still an incredible game that was a nice like send off 
for the SNES as everyone was moving on to the N64. What was kind of nice about this game is that, uh, you know, I've told the story about getting my N64 at my grandma's for Christmas that year on Christmas Eve, spending all night playing Super Mario 64 and, you know, cruising USA. I had this game before Christmas. I actually, my, you know, I got lucky, <laughs> yeah. was able to get this. And I was this is what I was playing the lead up, you know, the final month before Christmas. So I had a lot of fun with this one. And it really does feature an incredible soundtrack. God, I love me some Donkey Kong games. We need a new one. It's getting to be about that time. I mean, they can only re-release Tropical Freeze so much. Or, or we had Donkey Kong Maker to Mario Maker 2. True. Just kind of like how they added <laughs> Zelda. <laughs> I guess that'll, it is. Uh, that'll that'll teach him. Uh, so I'm up next with uh, the Sega Saturn. Touchdown, Ohio State! <laughs> They just pulled ahead, Frank. They just oh, pulled H. ahead. I.O., baby. There you go. <laughs> OK, so the Sega Saturn, um, I have a true swan song pick, the, the last game released on the Sega Saturn. This is the legendary machine from Magic Knight Ray Earth. And that was the legendary machine from Magic Knight Ray Earth, which came out December 1998. And the reason why, even though Sega Saturn ended in 99, I'm picking the 98 is because this is the last official North American release. We're going by North American dates here. Every every platform we picked from today is the North American date. Yes. Uh, so this is the legitimate swan song game, the final game to come out uh, in North America. Uh, Street Fighter 03. Odom Cup would be the Japanese exclusive, which is not cool because your boy likes Street Fighter. It's not Street Fighter 5. <laughs> 
<laughs> but this game is composed by Yoyoi Washi, um, who is more known for the music for Sonic Triple Trouble and Panzer Dragoon's Way. Ooh, Panzer Dragoon, such a great game. So she, she, she did Game Gear and Saturn games uh, and really only worked, or at least only active in the, the composition part. First, from 94 to 99. So. Wow. So not even that long of a career. Well, just for competition. She does, she was sound department for other stuff. So. Oh, okay. So she did other things, just composing-wise. Yeah. She was only active for a couple of years. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. That's a game that I'm not familiar with. Never even had heard of that one until you actually had submitted your list. Uh, I have to admit, did not hear about it. I didn't know about it either, but I was looking for... I, was try, I tried to pick the legit Swan Song games, but a lot of those games just sucked. So I wanted to get... So since I brought it back to Swan Song year, uh, like, like we were supposed to originally do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there are there are some real stinkers, man, for the uh, for Swan Song, like official Swan Song games. Yeah, I mean, Just Dance will be pretty much the entire uh, new, new stuff. So, oh, absolutely, absolutely. We can only hear Bruno Mars so much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Magic Earth, Magic Knight Ray Earth also spawned a popular manga. There's lots of movies about it. Uh, it looks pretty cool. It's a JRPG. Okay, that that has me excited for sure. So uh, it's very colorful. Like it's something that I think you would probably get into if you could speak uh, Japanese or want to play the English version. Yeah, I, I definitely will look into it. Uh, do not still have my Sega Saturn, so I wouldn't really be able to play this at all. But I would be, you know, probably willing to check this out if I could ever find a copy and a way to actually play it legally. I do miss the old Sega Saturn commercials, though. They were so good. Sega they were so good. Sanchiro. <laughs> You quote that all the time, too. It's stuck in my head. It's an earworm that will never go away. <laughs> yeah, that's something that you constantly sing, man. Like, and, and like, I'm not even joking around about that. That is totally you. There, there, there are a few Japanese things that were stuck in my head. That's one of them. So is the uh, commercial for Legend of Zelda Link to the Past in Japanese. Oh, my oh, God. Shabado. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you showed me that. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> it's the greatest thing ever. It's so cool. It really is. All right, man. We're going to move now to a block of my picks. I have four in a row here because for whatever reason, I just somehow got the next four years <laughs> and the next four consoles. <laughs> but you do have a block of four coming up later on in the show. But to kick off my block of four, we're going to move to the PlayStation, the original PS1 from Legend of Dragoon. This is the Holy City.
And that was The Holy City from The Legend of Dragoon. The very first time we're hearing it here on BG Mania. Crazy that it took us 127 episodes. It's true. It took us 127 episodes to actually finally play some Legend of Dragoon on the show. Uh, released here in North America on the original PlayStation June 13th, 2000. That yeah, particular track birthday right 18th birthday <laughs> yeah <laughs> composed by dennis martin what i really like about the legend of Dagoon, it was a fantastic game it was you know it's one of those in-house jrpgs that sony actually owns it was developed by sony japan studio published by sony themselves this is a title that people are clamoring for Japan Studio or Bluepoint games, the one that, you know, that remade like Shadow of the Colossus and Eco and all those games for Sony, people want a Legend of Dragoon remake because it didn't really have its time to shine because it came out so close to the PlayStation 2 releasing later uh. in 2000. It's a fantastic game. I will personally admit it's a game that I've never finished because I originally, you know, I eventually got my PS2 before I had time to go back and finish Legend of Dragoon. And now, you know, being that it's literally almost 20 years later, I think that there is a strong case for them to remake this game. And I think that they might. So I'm kind of holding off before I go back and play the original. And if I go back and play the original, I will restart the game and, and play through it from start to finish because I have no clue what happened in that game anymore. Come on, bro. it's only been 20 years. <laughs> it's only been 20 years. My memory, you know, it's, it's pretty good. Not even anymore, but still. Uh, I wouldn't remember what I was doing, you're, where you're, I was. And you're five years old. What do you, what do you, you would never remember anything like that. In 2000? See, see, you're welcome. <laughs> I wasn't five. I, I wish I was five. five. I wish I was five in 2000. I tried to make you seem young. It was, it was a gift. But you, it would, you know, that would have been amazing because I would have been only like 24 or 25 right now. I would feel young and chipper and not feel like, you know, old and decrepit like I do. <laughs> What I really like about that track, The Holy City, was that gong splash in the background, how it just continuously kept ringing over and over and over again. That's why I picked it literally for that gong splash. For some reason, that drew me to the track and I just absolutely loved it. I, it was a good track. I really am surprised I haven't played from uh, this game before and we never will pick from them again. I'm making that. <laughs> it's a one and done. <laughs> Episode 127. The only time you'll see Legend of Dragoon on the show. <laughs> no, that's definitely not the case. Anyway, we get to move on to my second pick in my block of four, and we're going to a game for the Game Boy slash Game Boy Color. We lumped these two together. So I picked from Game Boy Color, which was the year 2001. From Pokemon Crystal, this is Battle Tower Outside.
And that was Battle Tower Outside from Pokemon Crystal, which released on the Game Boy Color here in North America, July 29th, 2001. That was composed by the legendary Pokemon composer himself, Junichi Masuda. Hell yeah. Frank, I was searching around because I was like, you know, what can I choose for Game Boy, Game Boy Color? And saw that Pokemon Crystal was 2001. I know that's Generation 2 for Pokemon. You know, this is like the... That's uh, Johto. Yeah, this is Johto, the one that we're hoping we get a Pokemon Let's Go of here next, maybe next year even. But this is the one that had like, you know, all the stuff from gold and silver. But I found a soundtrack that was just called Pokemon Crystal. And it had like six, seven, maybe eight tracks total on it. And I picked from that, hoping that Pokemon Crystal had some exclusive content. And you and I were kind of looking it up there while listening to that track. And it turns out it did. The game's biggest addition is the Battle Tower which was a new building that allowed players to participate in Pokemon Stadium-like fights. So that track, Battle Tower Outside, was exclusive to Crystal because that's the music you hear outside of the Battle Tower. So that literally was from Crystal. Not You cannot find that in Gold or Silver, which came out the year prior. So I'm glad. I'm, I'm really happy about that. <laughs> that's a very festive, joyous track as well. Very catchy. I love Pokemon music. I really do. It's very catchy. All of it's very catchy. Even still to this day, when they use more like orchestral samples and stuff, it's still really good. Like you look at the music for Sword and Shield. There's some strong tracks on that soundtrack. Yeah, it's just a game I keep going back to play over and over and over again. Yeah, I really need to get back to it. I, I kind of put it on the back burner a little bit to kind of finish Jedi Fallen Order, Death Stranding, Fire Emblem, you know, and prep for our year end awards. Everybody keeps saying Jedi Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen Order. And part of me just wants to just break down and buy the game. You should. You really but, should. But you need just origin, man. Why not? I want to play it on PS4. Um, okay. okay. But my, my big thing is I feel like I'm going to get it for Christmas. So like this time of year, it sucks because I want to buy myself games. Wait, did you not buy the Xbox One on Cyber I did Monday? Not, I did not buy the Xbox One. I will go, we'll talk about that some other time. Of okay. Why I didn't do that. Okay. Because I remember you were dead. You were dead set on buying it for that and the bundle. I had the cash, but we'll talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> I'm a little upset. All right. <laughs> you don't want to air your air, air your grievances on on the air. Uh, it'll just get ugly. And I'll say I'll, I'll, I'll say mean things about people. Well, then we'll just leave it for off air. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I'm behaving myself for the audience. For Moving on. <laughs> so there you go. Moving on to the Nintendo 64, one of my favorite consoles of all time. Really happy that I got. I think this was the first one that I claimed even for the uh, when we yeah, were doing the lottery pick. Yeah, I, I really enjoy the N64. From Dr. Mario 64, the name of this track is You Win. Thank you. 
And that was You Win from Dr. Mario 64. Came it's out the only here song in... I heard when I ever played that game. <laughs> Came out here in North America April 8th, 2001, a couple months before the Nintendo GameCube. Composed by Saichi Tokunaga. Dr. Mario 64, besides the original Dr. Mario on the NES, and now with Dr. Mario, uh, was it Dr. Mario? What's the name of the one on uh, mobile phone? Is it Dr. Mario World? World. Okay, I still play that consistently to this day. But since it came out, like, uh, go go back and listen to our Level on Games Awards on Monday. It's a three-hour episode, very long, but, but really, really, really worth a listen because we have some excellent arguments and discussions of why games should win certain awards. We did 10 different categories. I was arguing for Dr. Mario World on uh, mobile phones to win a can't stop won't stop award because I can't stop playing it. I that <laughs> that game I literally play probably five or six versus matches each night before I go to sleep. Like I'm literally still addicted to that game. But Dr. Mario 64 before that was the game that I put the most amount of time into. I was hooked on this game on my N64. Uh, I love all things Dr. Mario. It's so good. It's, you know, I'm not a huge Tetris fan. Like, I really do like Tetris 99. That's another game that, you know, I still go back to and play to this day. But Dr. Mario is definitely my preferred version of Tetris. I enjoy it so much. Man, I love you puzzle games. I just love I love puzzle games in general. Yeah, it, it's, I, it's, I, it's Dr. Really Mar- good. Dr. Mario music is is very earwormy itself too. You know, like these things oh, get absolutely. Absolutely. Such catchy music, man. Uh and and the visuals for Dr. Mario 64 were really really cool back in the day on the N64. I I was thoroughly impressed. So, anyway, Hey guys, Brian here from Level Down Games. This week on the Max Level Podcast, we hosted our third annual Level Down Games Awards. We discussed and respectively argued over 10 different categories to determine which games from this amazing year should win such coveted titles as Soundtrack of the Year, Best Moments in a Game, the Thunderdome Award, and of course, Game of the Year. For the first time ever, Brian and Frank were joined by both Sean and Kyle to have some fun and a lot of laughs while the entire crew looked back on an amazing year in the gaming industry. Go check out the Max Level podcast this week for all the fun and festivities. I have one more pick in this block. What of is four. the Brian show? This is the Brian show, baby. <laughs> no, I don't know. We're going to the Sega Dreamcast. An excellent console, maybe the shortest lifespan on the episode today. You know, the 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 platform with the shortest lifespan because it came out in 99 and literally was ending in 2001. So only two years that this console actually lasted. <laughs> oh, gee, putting out two consoles to rival each other at the same time from the same company. That, that was never a great idea. Yeah, so stupid and really did kill the momentum of the Sega Dreamcast, which I think deserved so much more than it got, man. This, this console was leaps and bounds ahead of its time. Anyway, from Sonic Adventure 2, this is Vengeance is Mine, otherwise known as Radical Highway.
And that was Vengeance is Mine, otherwise known as Radical Highway from Sonic Adventure 2 that released here in North America, actually released worldwide on the Sega Dreamcast June 23rd, 2001. That was composed by the amazing June Sonoy. Very rocking track, man. Definitely way better than Pumpkin Hill. <laughs> I know that's your go-to track from Sonic Adventure 2. You like the raps. I'm not a big fan of the raps. Oh, the, the, the hippity hops and the, the flippity doodas. <laughs> it's so cool listening uh, to C Sonic C music, C man. is actually my favorite song from oh, that. Oh, and it, it's, it's so good. And we've played that one before here on the show. We have. But Sonic oh, we Music, love, we, man. We, we love this game. We, we do. Love no, and, and Sonic Adventure is still, you know, the first one and the second one, probably my favorite iteration of Sonic. Like, I really enjoy those games. They hold a special place in my heart because I remember literally being able to stay home from school when those games originally, you know, I got my Dreamcast, you know, bless my mom. She was really cool to me. She always, you know, pretty much provided me with everything that I ever could have asked for. But she when I had the I got the chicken pox like the week after the second Dreamcast came out and she took me to Toys R Us and we bought the Dreamcast and like three or four of the launch games. <laughs> you like this game more than Sonic Colors? Easily. <laughs> yeah. And I remember just when the original, you know, I remember picking up Sonic Adventure, South Park Chef's Love Shack, um, UFC, I think I bought. And I can't remember the other game that I got when I originally got my Dreamcast, but I remember I counted down the days till Sonic Adventure 2 released and dude, it did not disappoint. It was such a great game. Uh, the DX version on the GameCube is amazing as well. I really enjoy these games and I don't think Sonic has been, you know, the same since they really haven't, except for Sonic Mania. I would love a return to form though. I think we need to get back. We need a Sonic Adventure 3. We really do. Just make the we official really, time really do. Oh my God, can you imagine? I, know, I, know. I just, I just think it's so horrible right there. <laughs> it, there's, there's potential for it to be good. There is potential, especially because they redesigned Sonic. There is potential for a movie tie-in to be good, but I just don't have confidence that they'd be able to do it. Let's talk to happy things. Let's talk to happy, happy, happy things. I'm excited for this track. Um, so our next system up is going to be the Game Boy Advance. Great platform. And the game and song, this is Metroid Zero Mission. This is Chozo Warrior Engraving Boss Theme.
and that was Chozo Warrior Engraving Boss Theme from Metroid Zero Mission, which came out in the States February 9th, 2004. Again, for the Game Boy Advance. Composed by Mr. Metroid himself, Kenji Yamamoto. Such a spooky track for a boss theme. Wow. Well, the Chozos are creepy in general. Oh, they are. They absolutely are. Which, which they, they raised Samus. She, she grew up with the Chozo. Um, but yeah, Kenji Yamamoto saw out there doing it. His uh, most recent track was uh, for Sushi Striker's Way of Sushido. Okay. Did he compose that entire soundtrack by himself or no, did he just he, contribute? He, he, he contributed. Okay. Uh, he also did support on Breath of the Wild. So, or, or, or he was he was a supervisor for Breath of the Wild. Okay. Very cool. So, you know, so, you know it's my, my man's still out there doing things. Uh, we, we you know, I fell in love with Yamamoto with Punch Out. That's that. that, that you know, I think we've talked about him quite a bit with the, my Punch Out tracks. I know I picked more than one. Uh, but I, I, I love Metroid Zero Mission, man. Uh, it was one of the better remakes. It is definitely one of the stronger 2D style of Metroid games. I know you're a much bigger fan of those Metroid games. I'm a much bigger fan of the 3D Metroid games with the Metroid Prime series. I'm the same way with Castlevania games. Oh, yeah. More so the 2D than the 3D. Yeah. I think that... Um, the 3D ones are okay, but I also think I prefer the 2D Castlevanias over the 3D. I think I'm with you on that. But Metroid, I do prefer the 3D. You know, obviously, that's why I'm counting down the days till Metroid Prime 4. Hopefully, we'll see it at the Game Awards uh, tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Don't, don't hold your breath, Brian. Yeah, I'm not. I'll probably die. <laughs> Man, Metroid Zero Mission is such a phenomenal game and really just looked amazing running on that GBA architecture. It was it, it's one of the better looking GBA games and which makes sense. It's one of the you know last ones to release. But still, they took full advantage of that hardware and did a really great job. It was a stacked soundtrack, too. I mean, most of the boss battles like the the, the straight up Ridley or Mecha Ridley, the Kraid one, even the Mother Brain one, which is a little short. They were all redone and they were all remastered and they're all freaking just superb. Yeah, 1000 percent agreed with you there. And I like that you picked Metroid Zero Mission. Because my next pick, I, I, you know, I get to go again here. I get to go to the original Xbox, you know, the, the fat Xbox with the Duke controller. <laughs> I picked from a game that sounds very similar to the way that that track uh, Metroid Zero Mission mm -hmm. sounded from Castlevania Curse of Darkness. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> this is Abandoned Castle. Metroidvania.
And that was Abandoned Castle from Castlevania Curse of Darkness. Came out here in North America November 1st, 2005. Composed by the wonderful Machiro Yamani. How amazing. And yeah, it's funny we went back to back Metroidvania, but how amazing was that track, dude? I loved oh it from the very first second we kicked in. Yeah, it's incredible. And Curse of Darkness really is a very strong Castlevania game. I do enjoy it a lot. Man, it's, it saddens me that we're never going to get a new Castlevania game. I I mean, we obviously did get Bloodstained, which is way better than anything we've gotten from Castlevania in a very, very long time. Let's let's be honest. <laughs> I love the game so much I nominated it for Game of the Year. Like, not even a question how much I love that game. But yeah. I would love a new mainline Castlevania game. Oh, absolutely. Which, 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 as which, which, is, which is as well as the anime is doing on the Netflix. You're, you yeah, th- you'd be surprised you that if they wouldn't. Yeah, absolutely. You'd be, you know, it would be surprising if they didn't try to capitalize on the hype and the, uh, you know, the the appeal of that. But what's interesting about the soundtrack for Castlevania Curse of Darkness, you know, this was this came out right shortly thereafter Lament of Innocence on the PlayStation 2. Guitars were completely omitted from Lament of Innocence's soundtrack, but they returned heavily for Curse of Darkness. They they're made like, sure, yeah, they made sure <laughs> to make up for it. They're like, don't worry, guys, we're just going to jump extra guitars in the next one. <laughs> they definitely made sure to make up for it. And man, like I said, this is definitely a great Castlevania game. I thoroughly enjoy it, and it has an incredible soundtrack, as most of all of the Castlevania games do from start to finish. Now I just want to get out there with my whip and start killing vampires. Oh, man. So good. I did, I, I did that once and the police were like, sir, please beating up, st- stop beating up the goth kids. But, you know, what, what can you do? <laughs> uh, here at Level Down Games, we have to, here at Level Down Games, I like to apologize to the goth kids who Frank just offended. I'm sorry. <laughs> we get to move to a block of Frank now, though. You have four picks in a row. Ah, uh, it's the, the Frank hour of power. Uh, you know what? Let's, the, let's the move Frank to... The Frank hour of making up for... Uh, never mind. Right, yeah. Be nice to me. It's my birthday. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Um, so one of my favorite consoles to feature a handle. This is from the GameCube. This is the only console to feature a handle, is it not? The only one I know. Uh, this is the True Mirror from Bait and Kaido's Origins.
And that was the true mirror from Baton Kaidos Origins, composed by Matoi Sakuraba. I love it. It's great. I've it's never played so it. Amazing. I've, never, I've never played a Baton Kaidos game in my life, but I am familiar with the series. So amazing. And that uh, was 2006, but I don't remember the exact day, right? I didn't, I didn't grab it from the wiki. Might be. That's, that's okay. I know it was 2006. Um, I'm a huge fan of Baton Kaidos and Baton Kaidos September Origins. 25th. September 25th. There you go. I'm a huge fan of the two Baton Kaidos games, and I really wish that Bandai Namco would return to this series at some point in the future. Uh, very unique battle system with the, you know, with the card based system, the way that everything worked. It's a beautiful world, a beautiful story, an amazing soundtrack. I was in love with these games, man. I played the crap out of them on the GameCube. I didn't realize how much I love my toy Sakuraba. <laughs> He's got a very extensive catalog that's uh, very heavy in the JRPG scene. But oh my God, is he amazing? I mean, he has things that we both love. I mean, so Tales, Star Ocean, Mario Golf, Mario Tennis, Golden Sun, and Dark Souls. Yeah, I mean, no, we, he's, pretty he's, much covered every, covers everything we love. He's everywhere, and he's such he's I'm, such I'm a, a very composer. I'm a Golden Sun guy. He's such a varied composer, and he can literally do anything and make it sound amazing. He could do the composition for the new Sonic game that's based on the movie. <laughs> there you go. See, there we go. There you Problem go. Solved. Problem solved. Now to my favorite system that I modified so I could import games. This one included. <laughs> uh, this track is called Nippy Dog from the game Got Him. And that was Nippy Dog from God Hand, uh, which came out here in the U.S. October 10th, 2006, uh, composed by Masafumi Takata. Great, great composer. Great song. Great game. Now, uh, as I said, I modified my PS2 because I wanted to import this game that was never going to come here to the States. So, sure. my idiot co- so, so my idiot cousin told me. Uh, this game came out September 14th, 2006 in Japan. So we only had to wait less than a month. But he lied to me. And I, so I played this. And so I'm playing this game. And then he goes, oh, yeah, this comes out next month, like afterwards, like after I already got it. And that's like, then why didn't we just wait so we can understand what's going on? So I ended up buying this game twice. <laughs> yeah, fun. Uh, 
That's it's, hilarious. It's a, it, this is a Frank game through and through. It's a beat 'em up game. It's a very wacky game, from what I remember. It is. It, it, it is. It's 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 a parody. I mean, the name of, of the track is freaking Nippy Dog. It is. <laughs> it, 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 it's a beat 'em up, but it's a parody of like Japanese and, and U.S. pop culture. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was directed by Shinji Mikami. I mean, which amazing. The, I mean, Resident Evil. Come on. After after, after <laughs> so after Resident Evil Four, he left, and that's when he you know he went out and did this. This was his first project after that. Yeah, um, I, you really can't go wrong with Shinji Mikami, man. The dude's a freaking genius when it comes to game development and design. But yeah, when I was told there was going to be a, an awesome new freaking beat 'em up game, the first thing I did was I, I was like, okay, I'll buy it. Like we're importing it. This is, this is happening now. So I modified my PS2 so I can do the whole. You did know, you have to do the soldering chip and stuff? I found a, a way to do it, so, like a soft version. Just okay. Change, changing the tops to make it flip up. Uh, so it was so it was cool. It was nice. Uh, I can't solder well, so thank God I don't do it that way. Um. But it was totally for naught because it I eventually released here. And, but it eventually released here. <laughs> less, less than a month later. <laughs> in, in a language I can actually read. Yeah, barely. But you can still try. So f- my next track from the Nintendo <laughs> DS. Sound it out, Frank. Sound it out. No, just kidding. <laughs> DS time, man. Great, great handout. Great handout. From, from the Nintendo uh, DS. <laughs> this is the Snowy Zone. I just found this one fitting. The Snowy Zone from Kirby Mass Attack. That was the Snowy Zone from Kirby Mass Attack, which came out in the States September 19th, 2000. 
which came out in the States September 19th, 2011, uh, composed by Shogo Sakai. Okay. Hey, Frank, Ohio State just won, baby! It's currently 11.50 p.m. at night. I've been watching the Big Ten Championship game, Ohio State-Wisconsin. Ohio State scared me the first half. They came back, did amazing second half, had to mention it. Congratulations to the Buckeyes. They're going to the college football playoffs, hopefully. I mean, if they don't, then their com- committee's stupid. But The Mud Dogs are going to win the Bourbon Bowl! <laughs> the number one ranked team. Uh, you know, luckily, we decided to take a break earlier in the in the day because discord crashed earlier today for yes, like six six to eight hours <laughs> anyway back to that festively fitting track yeah man um curry mass attack i have to say it was not my favorite kirby game if you remember this one you didn't actually control kirby it was like i a lemmings. skipped this game yeah, right you, you did the right thing this was like a lemmings game like where you like you drew lines and stuff and it was kind of like a canvas curse in, in a way like that okay not i'm a big kirby fan it's been established but uh i think you did the right thing by skipping this one it's not a very good game but uh this was one of the last games on the ds official games okay because the ds i think is still getting games to this day sure i'm pretty sure that it eh, is it i don't know it it's might a, be it, it may. just dance for the for, for the uh the ds yeah exactly it might be but i don't know for sure <laughs> I love that you picked because you picked a festive track last week as well. Uh, I, I like that you're I, keeping I, I, it somewhat I've been festive. I'm trying to do that with every, well, my picks for December because, you know, it's thankfully not snowing here on the island, but uh, it's going to happen soon. Yeah, Very well, man, you guys got you didn't get any snow when New York we got did, hammered. We did, uh, we did, we did. OK, OK. I was going to say, because New York got like, what, six, seven inches or so last week sometime. And then it all disappeared oh, my, over here by us because I'm an island and yeah, we did the cool tropical breeze. Sure. From the cool tropical breeze. Sounds like you're about to bust into like a song there. <laughs> oh man! <Okay>. Exactly. <laughs> Great pick, though, man. Definitely fits the atmosphere of the uh, of the season. It is tis the season for the pleasing. Because tis guess what? the season to be jolly. Fa la 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 la. <laughs> I have one more pick for my for my little fun block. Uh, you do. For my grandmother's favorite uh, console. Oh no, kidding! All true. The Nintendo Wii, absolutely. <laughs> Everybody's grandmother's favorite console. Yeah, that's just the grandparent console itself. Um, from a game that, like every other game in its friggin' franchise, pissed me the hell off. <laughs> from Mario Party Nine, this is Boo's Horror Castle.
And that was Boo's Heart Castle from Mario Party 9, um, which I suck and didn't grab the date for. But I do have the composers. Um, I had two composers. I had Toshiki Aeda and Ryosuke Asami. Uh, I, I quickly looked for you. Mario Party 9 here in North America was March 11th, 2012. There you go. Um, I love the Mario Party games. To this day, I love the Mario Party games. Um, they're, they're so much fun. I mean, Jessica and I love sitting down and playing them together. Uh, you know, I enjoyed Super Mario Party for what it was, but it wasn't, you know, nearly as strong as some of the other previous Mario Parties because they did strip so much out of it. I hope when the they go we need the to... microphone back. I don't know that we need the microphone back, but we definitely need more boards and like, you know, just more stuff to do. I hope when they do decide to move to like a Mario Party 11 or whatever they call it next that it'll be, you know, more of a return to form. It'd be nice. Uh, it'd be nice if you quit stealing my goddamn stars, Brittany. Um... <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's the only thing I don't like about these games is the, the, the amount of fights that it causes. Uh, we have to put ourselves on handicap sometimes because we don't want to. I'll be down if the computer beats me. <laughs> um, and, and in true Frank form, uh, I had to get a spooky track on there because uh, what I do. It was a great track, too, man. One of if I had to think about it, probably one of my favorite boards from Mario Party 9. I really enjoyed that level design, like the way that everything was kind of going together there. Definitely, obviously, very spooky, really cool stuff. Halloween vibes through and through. But the music, man, absolutely incredible. I could see that playing, you know, like somebody sitting in their front patio, passing candy out on a Halloween night, playing that music in the background. It fits. Still, though, in my heart, and you guys let us know what your favorite one is. My favorite memory party is always going to be five. Oh, man. That's a hard, that's a hard thing to just throw at you right, right away, I know. Maybe three, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know for sure. I probably five, five, would... five was GameCube for sure, and uh, played the hell out of it. Yeah, that five was GameCube that, for that, sure. That one, that one has pushy penguins. One, two, and three, I think, were the only ones on the N sixty four, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and I and I probably would lean more towards one of the N sixty four ones because I think those are the ones that I definitely had, you know, more playtime with. So I might I might say three, maybe even two. I'm not sure, but either one of those two would probably be my favorite Mario Party. I quickly want to talk about leveldowngames.com. If you're unfamiliar, we do more than just audio podcasts. All of our content can be found on our main home on the internet, including new weekly episodes of both Max Level and BG Mania, alongside reviews for the newest release games and accessories, anything we produce on our YouTube channel, and daily news stories. So please, if you aren't a regular visitor of leveldowngames.com, consider bookmarking it now and checking it out every so often. It would really mean a lot to all of us and help us out so much as we continue to grow. Podcasts, of course, can always be found on your favorite podcast app of choice every Monday morning for Max Level and every Wednesday morning for BG Mania. But I get to move to our last handheld of the day, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because we have three consoles coming up next from the uh, well, last every generation. Every console's handheld if you don't care if it plugs in or not. Sure, sure. But I'm, I'm talking Shut legit, up, true Frank. handheld. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to the fantastic PlayStation Portable, the PSP, from Patapon 3. This is Dodonga's theme. Oh, 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 oh,
And that was Dodonga's theme from Patapon 3. Came out here in North America on the PlayStation Portable April 12th, 2011. That particular track was composed by Daisuke Miyaki. Also on that soundtrack was Kemi Adachi and Yu Ogata. Three people that I'm really not that familiar with. And looking up uh, Daisuke Miyaki... The only other thing that I recognize that they composed is Patapon 2. <laughs> and the Dango's a great character. You know, you throw, you put, you put the bomb in their mouth, you blow them up, and you stab them with your sword, and they, they die. Pretty sure that's from The Legend of Zelda. Oh, okay. Different characters. Are you familiar with Patapon? I am familiar with Patapon. Um, I, those are really some of the last games I actually had for PSP, that and Loco Roco. These games are so addictive and so fun to play. They're rhythm games. And you're basically like, you know, beating a drum with each face button of your PSP representing a drum. And it reminds me heavily of like Thetrism Final Fantasy or Elite Beat Agents. A lot of these games that that I really do enjoy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Even like Hatsune Miku and things like that. Like, I really like rhythm games. Persona Dancing. Like, these games are fantastic. And anything that incorporates that, yeah, to an extent, but slightly different. Um, but but things that like incorporate those gameplay loops and gameplay mechanics and just, you know, fun, addictive gameplay, I'm always going to be there for. So Pat Upon 3, man, I, I really and they've been re-releasing them, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they, they've been kind of putting them out on the PlayStation Network, if I'm not mistaken. I think I, I could have sworn one of the Patapon games was recently like a free game. Yeah, well, Patapon came out on the PS4, the first Patapon, August 1st, 2017. So they, they kind of remade that one on the PSN for uh, PS4. And then Patapon 2 is not out on PS4 yet. So they've only put out the first one. So they might do the second and third eventually. And they'd be smart to do so. Uh, I, I think there's an audience for these games for sure. Agreed. Agreed. Um, wow, we're getting towards the end, aren't we? Yeah, we got three picks left. We're in the uh, the, the the last console generation now. We're already in PS3 times. Yeah, we're, right. in the, we're in we're in last the last console generation before the PS4 and the Xbox uh, One. Guys, I'd be a damn fool not to pick from this game for this one song on PS3. The true, in my opinion, swan song of the PS3. This is from The Last of Us, and this is The Path.
And that was The Path from The Last of Us, which came out June 14th, 2013. Composer was Gustavo Santoalala, because I can't pronounce it. Yeah, we saw him on stage, man. We saw him on stage at the uh, PlayStation Experience a few years back. Incredible, incredible moment. I love this music. Uh, I told Brian it feels very good, the bad, the ugly. He said very Red Dead, which I I think same same kind of genre. Same, same aesthetic and same vibe for sure. I I, I just love this track. Uh, This was like a no brainer, too. When I I was going through, listen to it. As soon as this track kicked in, I was like, okay, done. I I normally mull it over. I'll listen to other tracks. I was like, no, we're good. I hit a home run straight out of the gate. (laughs) Yeah, really still, you know, in my opinion, one of the one of the best games of that generation, if not the best game of that generation, the PS3. Yeah, two needs to hurry up and get here, man. Uh, we're getting closer and closer. We are getting closer and closer. It does come out, it would, luckily, it, it would been, the first half of nice, next year. It would have been a nice Christmas present, you know. Would have been, but I'm willing to let them take as much time as they need, man. How special that first game was, the opening moments, some of the more powerful stuff that took place throughout the story beats. Oh, that no, incredible I'm not going to play the opening to this new one because... You're just going um, to just skip to chapter two? I'm going to have to because it's going to probably have me make an emotional breakdown. I'll be institutionalized for like 72 hours. I don't know that, that they'll now. be able to top what they did at the initial... You nor know, do the they have, the, nor the, do they have yeah, to try they, to. And I don't think they have to try, but I think if they did try, they wouldn't be able to top it. I really don't. Yeah. What a great track. Though, man. I, I love that guitar. Uh, very, 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 very strong pick. Uh, is he doing the music for the new one? Do we know that? I, If he's not, then they're crazy. But I think he is. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed, because we'll do a whole episode. We'll bonus episode that one. Yeah, that sound, guys? He's penciling it in. No, I'm looking. Uh, yeah. Oh. Gustavo Santoalala. Yeah, he's doing Last of Us Part 2. Hell yeah. All right, Brian. We're, we're, let's go for it. We're, we're, we're at the end. It's been my last one. We are at the end. It's your last pick. And then I have a uh, a fantastic pick to close us out. Um, not only is this a swan you know, a swan song game for a system, this is a swan song system for me when it comes to Microsoft. <laughs> so far, <laughs> uh, because of reasons. Uh, from the Xbox 360, we're already in 360 land. This is Shadow of the Bat from Batman: Arkham Origins.
And that was Shadow of the Bat from Batman Arkham Origins. Nailed it. Uh, which came out October 25th, <laughs> 2013 on the Xbox 360. Composed by Christopher Drake. I love the Arkham games. I really do. Yeah, um, they're they're very strong games. Uh, obviously, are, Arkham are, Origins. Are we, are we getting a new one? That's you know, we don't know what this rumored game is. Is it is it going to be a new Arkham? Is it gonna, is it going to be a Superman? We don't know. What was the um, what was the name that they were that was kind of floating around? Oh, the code name. I don't remember it. Let me look. I because I remember that they were teasing it a little bit uh, on social media. Capture the night. No, I can't remember. But they were showing something with like Harley Quinn. I remember seeing that. Uh, There's strong rumors that the Court of Owls, that's what it's called. Okay. That's what, okay. That's what, they, that's what they were. Um, that's what they were teasing. The Court of Owls. So there's there's heavy rumors that there's definitely going to be another Batman game coming from the Montreal studio, the one that did Origins. Obviously, we know Rocksteady, the team that did Arkham Asylum, Arkham City and Arkham Knight. I think they've moved on to something much bigger and hopefully we'll see what that is soon. It's definitely probably a next generation game. But if the um, if the Montreal studio is working, you know, Warner Brothers Montreal, if they're working on another game in the Origins uh, series of the Batman games, that would be really cool. Definitely not my favorite when it comes to the Batman Arkham games. Origins, one of the weaker games, but still a great game nonetheless. I love these games. And after the success of how well Spider-Man went, I'm just looking for my next big fix of a, of a nice, fun superhero game. Yeah, yeah. Now, I will say Spider-Man probably still would be the stronger choice uh, I, I can't see a new Arkham game being better than what we had last year with Spider-Man, but maybe it would be. Who knows? Try. Just, hey, I, I, compete. Co- yeah, make, absolutely. Make, make, Give it a shot. Make, make, yeah. make, make, me, make me love you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, great pick, man. Uh, strong track. Really enjoyed that one a lot. Uh, damn, what a, what, a, what a great series that was. For me, the Swan Song game Xbox 360 was Borderlands 2. But that was a story that we've heard many a time before. <laughs> And it definitely was not Halo Spartan Assault. Because <laughs> no. that came out the year after the Xbox One came out, even though you tried to pick from Halo Spartan Assault. Well, that was the official Swan Song game. I but that's... I know. I know. You tried to do that three times. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I am a sneaky snake. Who's sneaky? <laughs> yeah. I get to close out the show, though, with a platform that is you either like it or you don't. The Wii U. And I really enjoyed my Wii U. I think it had some phenomenal games. And I'm glad that most of the phenomenal games that the Wii U had have slowly been arriving on the Switch because they didn't get enough chance to shine on the Wii U. Because obviously, you know, no... Wii U's name really hurt it. It did. The the name hurt it, and people just weren't buying it. So the games didn't have a chance to shine. You know, you look at Mario Maker. You look at Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. You look at, you know, all of the HD remakes that they made for the Legend of Zelda games. uh, Smash, Mario Kart 8. There's reasons why there's so many games coming as ports to the Nintendo Switch that were on the Wii U. And my last pick of the episode today happens to come from an upcoming port that we're finally getting uh, January 17th of next year. So literally about a month away, a month and a month and a week or so to speak uh, on Nintendo Switch. We're going to take a listen to a track from Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE, or as I just like to call it, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. This is the mashup between Shimogami Tensei and Fire Emblem. I stick by what I say and that this is probably my favorite Wii U game of all time and in the running for one of my favorite games of all time. 
I have such a soft spot for this game. I don't know why. It's it's an Atlas developed game published by Nintendo. I really enjoy everything about this game. The way that they took elements from Shimagami Tensei, the way that they took elements from Persona, the way that they took elements from Fire Emblem, and the way that they introduced their own stuff, mix that with a total Japanese culture, pop idol, storyline, amazing soundtrack. Everything about this game had me hooked. I was so happy to put, you know, 80, 90 hours into this. And the remake there, if you want to call it a remake, I guess we call it an enhanced edition. You know, the port that's coming out on Switch next month is going to add a bunch of new things. So I'm so excited to check out what they're going to add to it. Dude, I'm so pumped. So to close out the show from Tokyo Mirage Sessions, we're going to take a listen to a beautiful vocal track that gives me goosebumps and a huge smile on my face every single time I listen to it. The name of it is Reincarnation. It was composed by Kazuaki Yamashita, and the vocals were done by Yoshino Nanjo, who plays the character Kiria in the actual game. I... Dude, great track. Like it's I said, it, it, yeah, it's a very pretty track. And like I said, it, it just it, it's one of the the opening tracks that you hear in the game when you first start it up, which is why I think it gives me such a huge smile on my face every time I listen to it. It just brings me back to 2016 when I was totally invested in this game, loving everything about it. And literally, man, like like I said, my nights and my days were just all about Tokyo Mirage Sessions and really looking for, you know, I'm glad it's next month. Jessica's already, you know, planning on picking it up for my birthday because my birthday is next month on the 24th. Uh, this and Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered come out the same week. So those are going to probably be my two birthday gifts for uh, for this year. And two, you know, I couldn't ask for two better games for my birthday because I'm, I'm a huge fan of Crystal Chronicles. Love that series. Or I guess it was a one off, but love that game and love Tokyo Mirage Sessions. So, yeah, we'll close out with Reincarnation. But Frank, our extended episode has finally come to the close. We did 18 total tracks this week. I think that's going to bring us to the end, unless you have anything else you want to mention before we get out of here. I think we said it all, but I think I'm excited now for the, the next generation. I'm ready to roll. Let's. I am ready to freaking roll, man. Let's, th- let's throw these PS4s and Switches in the garbage. Let's get something new. Well, you and I'm I have kidding. already committed. You and I have already committed. We're both we're buying both. a PlayStation 5 and we're both buying an, uh, buying an Xbox Scarlet. Uh, you know, you know, we we're we're in level down games for the long haul. We're not giving up on this project that we're doing. Obviously, we're doing really, really, really well. We want to continue to see it to grow. And in order to, you know, really make the most of what we do, we have to have every console and in, in our vicinity. You know, we need to have access to everything. I need to play all the games. Yeah, absolutely. As do I. So you and I are both getting the next generation consoles when they come out in November 2020. I think I've already committed to, you know, Jessica and I have two PS4s. We have a base PS4 and a PS4 Pro. I'll trade one of them in towards the PlayStation 5. I'll probably sell some things to trade into and maybe trade some other games in that I'm not playing anymore towards the Xbox Scarlet. Try to get them for a couple hundred apiece because, you know, they're both going to be about $499. I, I would imagine yeah. both of them are, and I just don't have $1,000 laying around. Plus, the money I make from the haunted house next year will definitely help out with that as well. Oh, we're selling your kidneys. Don't you worry. I'm getting <laughs> Kidney, it's blood, semen. White blood cells, red blood cells, probably my lungs. Nobody wants my heart. <laughs> it has His enough heart issues. belongs to you, the fans. It, it has enough issues. But yeah, I'm so excited for the next generation of games, the next generation of consoles. Uh, really looking forward to E3 next year. Honestly, man, you know, we just we're recording this. Uh, you know, now it's the December 8th. It's past midnight. 
But yesterday on the 10th, if you're listening to this day at post on the 11th, we had a new Sony PlayStation State of Play. Maybe we got some information there on some cool games. But then tomorrow, remember, tune in the Game Awards live. Jeff Keighley will have our reaction video up. I know I'll be there. Hopefully Frank's able to join us. But Kyle might also try to join in as well. Uh, we're going to have a ton of fun reacting to everything that, sh- that they show at the Game Awards. So maybe we'll see some cool things. Oh, I'm rushing well. home. If I, can be, if I can do it, we're doing it. I think it starts at eight, man. You have plenty of time. You don't have to rush. I'm still going to drive fast. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be a lot of fun. You and I have reacted together to every single one of them since we've been doing Love It On Games. So it'd be, it'd be really, Oscars. really fun to have. It'd be really fun to have you there. Shout out to Joseph Ferris. I'm leaving that in, too. <laughs> Shout out to Joseph Ferris. He better be there. But yes, we are now at the close of the show. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible by LevelDownGames.com. Don't forget to submit tracks, ideas, and request your future episodes to BG Mania at LevelDownGames.com. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Games and subscribe to us there. And if you haven't already, while you're at it. Hit up twitch.tv forward slash total games and click that follow button. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook would be the place to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links. In that description box, you will find a link to our Discord server. Please click it. Join us. Interact with us in there. Let us know what your game of the year was. We, we asked that question at the end of Max Level this past week. You know, Bedroth who recently was just on the VG Embassy podcast. He sent me an email and let me know that he was the, uh, you know, a special guest host, him and uh, him. That's Ed's podcast over there. You know, not a not a podcast that I listen to on a regular basis, but one that I am familiar with. Uh, did a fantastic job as a uh, as a co-host on that show. Told him that anytime, you know, he wants to join us here. He's more than welcome to, man. He did a great job. So, uh, yeah, he uh, he sent me an email and asked about like what our most hyped game was all that kind of stuff we we let us know all that and at the end of that show we talked about our games of the year and we want to know what your game of the year is too so let us know in the uh, discord channel if you join it frank next week's going to be a fun episode because it's finally time to do our best of 2019 episode yes we have 16 games that we consider to have some of the strongest soundtracks to exist in gaming of this year. Now, I will say not every game that had a strong soundtrack is going to be listed because there are some games that, you know, we just already have picked most of the music from. <laughs> true. So it just wouldn't make sense to have that as part of the show. But the 16 games that I have lined up for us, you know, Frank and I are going to do lottery style. As soon as we're done recording this episode, we're going to pick the eight games a piece that we're going to do. We'll come prepared with our best of 2019 list. And we're just going to look back on an amazing gaming year, reminisce on some memories that we made and talk about some amazing games next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Taking us out of this episode. Once again, we have reincarnation from Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which again was composed by Kazuaki Yamashita. Vocals being done by Yoshino Nanjo. Keep the music playing. Did I even mention the release date? I don't think I did. Came out June 24, 2016. There you go. There you go. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.
Let's go. 